All right. Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Yep. Awesome. All right. I see uh, a few of you joining via Crowdcast. Uh, if something happens, as has happened before in our live stream, I want to send you to our Facebook page. I posted it in the comments, but it's facebook.com slash heroicspod. We're broadcasting there as well. And the cast will be actually be able to see your comments there. For those of you on Crowdcast, they cannot see your comments, but Scott and I can. So we'll relay that to them. If you have any questions, um, you can post them in the chat box by clicking the plus uh, sign that's on there or post the ask a question. But uh, otherwise, we're just going to roll through and we're going to talk about the first season. But first, let me introduce our cast. We have Nancy Burrows. Hi, Nancy. Hi. Hi, everybody. Me. Christina Mueller plays Persephone. Hi. Hi, Christina. Jake Elitzer. Jake, who do you play? I play Nolan. I just wanted everyone to hear your voice. <laughs> Doug Harvey plays Josh. Is Doug, can you hear us there, Doug? You look frozen. Oh, that's right. just Doug. <laughs> that's how Doug always is. All right, Doug's frozen, so I'm going to take him out for a minute, and hopefully he'll come back. And then we have Annie Chang, who they always come back. The lovely Gwendolyn. They do <laughs> always come back. Um, I'm going to open up my question <laughs> really for you guys have any questions. So, and Nancy, you're joining us from San Diego. Everyone else is in LA, and I think Doug is joining us from San Francisco or the Bay Area when he comes back. There, I, I think yeah, I heard him come back. Let me see if I can get him online. Not yet. We'll keep an eye out for Doug. Uh, so the first thing I wanted to do was just kind of um, have you guys, again, just say the – there's Doug. Hi, Doug. Can you hear us? Still no Doug yet. We're going to – We'll take him back out. I want you guys, we'll start with Nancy and then I'll call your names. I just want you to introduce us, uh, introduce yourself in the character you play, but I want you this time to tell a little bit about who your character is kind of in your own words. So Nancy, uh, we'll let you go first. Hi, I am Nancy Burroughs and I play Numi, who is the, the head of Glam. And I am the mother of Gwendolyn, played by Annie Chang. And I have been the matriarch and the head of Glam for quite some time. And the world is a changing for Numi. <laughs> not an easy adjustment. Definitely. And then Christina, tell us about your character. Yes, um, I play Persephone, who um, is a kind of more stoic superhero, though very fashionable. Um, and she feels generally underutilized. She's kind of like raring to go do some superhero stuff. Are we allowed to swear on this? I was about to say an S word, but I didn't. Maybe give us a five second warning before okay. the swear word and then okay. we'll, <laughs> we can cut it out later. Jake, tell us about Nolan. Um, so Nolan, it, I get that Nancy thinks that, that like she is the head, right? That <laughs> that like she's more of like a symbolic matriarch but every superhero team needs you know the the leader the the heart and soul really the face of the organization um and uh, and that's nolan you know nolan is really he's really what every superhero aspires to be he's uh he's good looking uh he's smart uh everyone likes him uh, he's super he's humble. humble. 
uh, and he's got all the best powers. All right, good. And Annie, tell us about Gwen. <laughs> yeah, um, Gwen's fun. She's uh, she's Newman's daughter, Nancy's daughter. Um, uh, she's like spoiled and a bee. Thank you for your question, Christina, because I had some choice words as well. Um, uh, she's like spoiled and insecure, but also confident um, and a boss. But I think she's, you know, doesn't have the best relationship with Numi. So she, um, she's like a fun mix of, of being a bee, but also like just like not really totally like believing in herself and and I think that's fun. And she has a fun, I think, journey. I think she and Numi together have a fun journey. In they do. One. Yeah. They She's do have a fun journey. And that's actually what I was going to ask next. Oh. Now, um, audience, I'm going to play a clip. If you guys can't hear this clip, please let us know in the chat box. Um, we're going to listen to kind of where Gwen actually starts the series. You want to be a villain? A super villain. But what about the lead? <laughs> What? Don't get me started on the League, if there's even a League left at the end of the month. There's trouble in the Grand League of Avenging American Metahumans? Never mind. Can you do it? Can you teach me in the ways of evil? Of villainy? Of super villainy? Is villainy a word? Focus! Ow! Jesus! Ow! Okay, um... So, you want to be like me? I want to be just like you. Only way better. So that's kind of where Gwen starts. Um, she kind of kicks, kicks us off with the whole, everybody wants to pivot. Everyone wants to be a super something different than they are, I guess. Not everyone really wants to be a villain, but they kind of head that way. Um, where do you, I mean, that's where Gwen started. Where do you think she ended up by the end of season one? I mean, I don't know if the villainy thing is going away anytime soon. That might be more a question for you than for me. <laughs> but I think as far as like, I think the biggest change as far as, um, I think that came from a place of like, oh wait, yay, we got Doug back. Um, of a sort of feeling like she had to prove herself because her mom never felt like she was good enough. And so she didn't think she was good enough to coming to like a really like nice, I think that's one of my like favorite moments in the season is the that part with uh with Gwen and Numi where she like once like has a really lovely mother daughter positive talk with her. That's like one of my favorite moments. Um, yeah, I think she grows. I think she like gets a little more confident, but I don't know if that necessarily means that she wants to not be a villain anymore. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's coming into her own power. Hi, Doug. Hey, guys. I was supposed to be the brains of the operation, and of course, I'm having internet failures. So here we are. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Doug plays Josh. We, um, Doug, we've introduced the cast, and everyone kind of said who they play. But I'm going to actually jump to you right now, and I'm going to play a clip that we'll listen to, and then we'll talk a little bit about Josh. We're hoping you'll join our team. Join your team? Yes. Your super team? Well, it's a pretty good team. No, 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 no. Are you a super team? Are you a League of Justice? 
a cast of Avengers? A ragtag band of heroes who show up just for missions, but otherwise go your separate ways? Or are you more of a tightly knit group, bound together by complex interdependent relationships, some sexual, some platonic, some by blood, but something that all the while resembles more of a family structure, based in mutual admiration, respect, and love? Hi. I'm Nolan. You've already met Persephone. This is Gwendolyn. And yes, that's... yes, I know your names. I'm just trying to understand the nature of your organization. Does it matter? That's a joke, right? The differences between major classifications of superhero groups are almost too immense to even articulate. Oh my god. Okay, okay. So that... I think that sums up Josh pretty well. Kind of in a nutshell, but maybe you could tell us a little yeah, bit Yeah, I think his brain is firing on all cylinders constantly, and that both is his greatest strength and his greatest weakness. Uh, so it's uh, that's, a, that's a classic example right there of him freaking out, uh, meeting his favorite people in the world uh, all at once. I, I feel like if I met all five of my favorite people in the world at once, like, I mean, yes, we're all in quarantine right now, and this is can't see each other, but uh, I, I just, I want to hug them. And I think like words would just spill out of my mouth forever, just like you heard. So um, yeah, I, I, that's uh, it's a great intro to him. How, how similar are you in real life to Josh? <laughs> uh, there, there's parts of me that really, really relate to him. Um, I, I, I know that you know this, Justin, uh, from EOS 10 doing that. I, I'm a huge space nerd too. So I've taken basically what Josh has uh, in horology. That's that's his department. Mine's kind of astronomy. So if you, uh, if you ask me anything about astronomy, I'll, I'll I'll tell you whatever you want to know, or at least I'll ask somebody I know who's even smarter than me about it. But Josh has got everything uh, in his brain wrapped up in horology. So um, that's that's our similarity is, is is being able to dive deep in some of these some of these topics. Right. I'm gonna jump to Christina. I have a clip that I want to play, but for the rest of you, because I'm going to ask you, so I want you to think through to, to, before I get to you, I'll give you a few seconds to think about it. Pick your favorite moment from season one, and then we'll come back to that. That's coming down the road. I just want to give you the warning. But first, let's take a listen to this clip of Persephone. I'm also the newest assassin for Calamity. What? I didn't even know that one. It's only supposed to be bad guys, but they have a form they sent me, and there are two checkboxes. The first says bad guy, and the second says good guy, who knows we are the bad guys. And they always check the first box, but I don't think they are being honest with me. I just wanted to feel like I was back in the game, back in the place where it mattered, where I could do some good, even if it was really bad. <laughs> wow. So first, we're going we're, we're gonna to come back to the German accent, because I want to talk about that in a second. But first, let's talk about Persephone and how she got to where we found her at the beginning, you know, <laughs> bored in a comic store to, oh, I'm the newest assassin for an evil corporation. Well, I think she, like she's saying, she just, she kind of wants some adventure, which is why she got into this in the first place, into the whole superhero thing. And I think she's kind of at the end of her rope in this comic store where she's taking inventory every day and it's always the same because nobody buys comic books. <laughs> and um, so she decides to just go for it and she's going to take whatever she can get as long as, you know, there's action and um, she can somehow use her powers and, and show that she's a badass. So it was all because she was bored, basically? A little bit. <laughs> uh, so we should talk about I I when we were casting this part and Annie can chime in when she wants to because Annie handled a lot of the casting um, for this show almost all of it. Uh, 
we kind of were like, hey, just do what you want. We don't know what to do with this character. And you sort of broke out a, a really blase German woman character in one of our table reads. Um, can tell us, I know where she came from, but maybe tell the audience where she came from. Oh, sure. So um, I think my, well, okay. So I'm from Germany. I am German. I'm originally from Munich. Um, so I don't have a German accent, as you can hear. I was raised bilingually, but I grew up around an accent, so I can do a spot on one. Um, and, you know, when I sent in my first audition, it, it I, I didn't, I didn't do an accent. And I, and yeah, like you were saying, you then at the, the read um, said, you know, try something, do you have any ideas? We're, we're not sure where she lives, you know, or who she exactly is. Um, and so I was like, well, something that I can do, oh, I don't know, is this a saying in English? Out of my hip? That's a German saying. Oh, no. um, I don't think uh, that's an English saying, oh. but <laughs> I think I get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On the fly um, is, is a German accent. So I just, I tried it and I felt like she did read, especially in her relationship towards Gwen, very kind of a little um, like stoic, a little, a little, mm -hmm. not, I don't like the word, not monotonous. I don't think, I don't know if anybody's really. No, I think stoic's a good word. Yeah, kind of, kind of dry. Yeah, you mm -hmm. know? And so I was like, that might work. That might work with German. And, and it did. And I think, I mean, also to go to your question that you asked Doug, which is how is she like you? I think that's actually not the way I am at all. I don't know. You know, <laughs> you know me. But, uh, I think um, what's, what, what I love, you know, looking back is it's not about her or her Germanness. It's not that her Germanness makes her stoic or, or that she's, I don't know. I just feel like mostly German characters, especially in in the U.S., are you know either Nazis, Nazis or some <laughs> kind of awful people. And I was I was so happy to play someone who's German, and it's not really it's not really a thing. That's just that's just yeah. who she is. And um, you don't see a lot of German superheroes. And I mean, Annie, you can probably attest to this. I think when I heard it, I was like, okay, we found it because I mean, you know, we were. You kept saying to me, well, what do you want? What do you want? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I think we said our prototypes for a while were like the exact opposite. We were like, Phoebe from Friends. And like, nah. And we were like, she's quirky. And then we were like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't know what that means. And and then and then I think Christina was like kind of trying to do that. And then I think you were just like helping us out, like reading it so we could hear it. And then we were just like, can you just like do something else? And then she did something else and we were like, oh, yeah. that's great. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit more about what your philosophy in terms of casting was? Because this is a, it's a different kind, it's a different style of performing than I think you find from that most actors in LA in particular are used to, because most of us are used to working on camera where it's just a really different feel yeah in the studio so i think you kind of you hit it really well with the with the casting what were you looking for well thanks i i think primarily instead of going to people that i know from like 
film and TV or anyone that I've worked with on screen, I immediately was like, I want people with theater backgrounds, you know? And not that that's like, like Nancy, I don't know if you've done a ton of theater, but it doesn't really matter because you were great. But like the, I think because theater is so much about like, you know, amplifying, I mean, like these guys here have like trained, I think all three of you, right? Christina, Jake, Doug, I mean, they like are the best of the best. They like went to RADA, they like have huge backgrounds in Shakespeare. I mean, like it doesn't get much better than this. So I was like, well, I'll make myself look really good. <laughs> I'm just casting these people with great theater backgrounds. And then I think also it's like, an energy thing. And I think we also, you know, we had a big thing in mind of wanting to be really inclusive, even though you don't see anyone's face, obviously, because it's, you know, uh, all heard, that doesn't mean that we don't want to be inclusive. So I think we really try to look at like, having a very colorful cast of people, not only in how the ages of people, but obviously in diversity, and you know, you know, sorts of ways. So I was proud of that, I think, in many ways of how we ended up getting everyone together. Um, and, and not trying to give too much direction, just letting people be like, just do something, you know? I don't think we were super yeah. married to anybody sounding a specific way. No, and everyone kind of came in all cylinders firing in the studio. Like I didn't have to do a lot of work. Yeah. It was only only when people had questions or wanted, wanted answers, but everyone sort of came in with an idea of who they were gonna be. And um, I think I remember in particular, um, cannot remember the, the the character's name for some reason it escapes me um when you when gwen goes to the superhero naming center um tessa the tessa, tessa hirsch it was tessa hirsch was the voice but what was her name? Tessa. uh i thought she was just like the chairwoman or something yes chairwoman that's what the yeah, yeah. Was called. i couldn't I, I didn't write that episode so i can't, She's great. I can't remember She's great. But she she walked in with that kind of already there and it was i was just we just put her in front of a mic and she it was just like go and it was perfect it was she was, was speaking <laughs> <laughs> um and we also had i i wish we could i i, th I hope we'll see more of her um but denisha denisha pratt plays officer mccoy whom mm -hmm. i really loved i think she brought mm -hmm. yeah something that I, I probably wouldn't have found myself if i'd been casting this myself and then i should also mention we heard in the clip that we played with you annie we heard eugene simon is playing nefarious we've heard that clip already um nancy i'm gonna jump up i have a clip for you that i want us okay. to listen to and then we'll talk about let's make sure it starts at the beginning here be the judge of my controversy that's a flattering and informed question <laughs> Yes, it really isn't for me to say. History will be the judge of my contribution. But yes, I do think I set the stage. Yes, I practically built the stage and the theater and the whole mise-en-scene. My name would be on the marquee. Uh, I love that clip for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think that that's from episode 105, Strong Female Character, which I think is, I think one of your favorites, correct? It absolutely is, yeah. Um, and I, I love that because I think... I think you improvised some there in that speech. I think my name. I think parts of the end were not written into the script. I think it just kind of came out in the performance. Do you even remember? I well, I, mise en scène. Uh, I'm pretty was, sure I was like, I don't. Yeah, that, I, I know what that is. I don't know if everyone else did. Know, so I, it's not something I would have written. I just doesn't know what mise en scène. I have no idea. <laughs> I thought you were a theater person, isn't it? Like the whole scene, the whole, the whole aesthetic. Yeah. It's the it's, what, everything it's the, in the scene versus montage, mm -hmm. which is the cutting of the scenes together. Mm -hmm. But 
isn't it sort of like the, the flavor of life or something is like yeah. a rough like the the way of living or something like that yes or all of those i think great that's that's yeah. my idea of just like sort of the that's why i say i don't know what it means because i just sort of have a general idea of like that mm -hmm. kind of thing i thought you were just doing your best nolan impression be like i don't know what that means <laughs> nolan would never admit to that Nolan would be like i know exactly what's going on right now and always and forever but my, when you, I mean, I think what's really great about that speech in particular and about that episode is I think like the care, I think Numi just kind of sort of comes alive and takes control. And that was an example of you as you, excuse me, of you as a performer sort of taking it and adding to it and bringing to it. But can you, um, we have a question that we're going to get to that it's for you, Nancy, but in a second, can you just tell us a little bit about what's happening in this episode and maybe what you were working with yeah, as that, an actor that with that was, speech? That is really my favorite episode and Carla Delaney did a great job of writing that. So Numi gets um, asked to come back to the, the school for superheroes and it's a bit of a she thinks it's going to be something she feels obliged to do every year. She's going to get the same questions. It's going to be a bit of a snooze. She's got this. It's like she only she she's basically phoning it in until she gets this very pointed question from this young woman who basically triggers every insecurity and fear that Numi has about being relevant. And so it's her I'm as Numi really staking a claim, I think, to the first generation, first wave of feminism when when this young woman is sort of suggesting like you're irrelevant, and you've done all your work and you guys can step aside. And it's finally, I think Numi has gone off the complacency train into I need to step it up here and um be relevant and and it really pushes a lot of buttons for her. And I loved that scene and I loved the, it was so clever and fun to play. And we should we should mention also um, that scene was with your acting coach, your longtime yeah. acting coach, yes. Dr. Bliss. What was that like to to perform with someone who, for most of the time that you've known him, has been teaching you and working with you? Yeah. So Joseph Perlman was Professor Bliss. was was so fun to see him in action because he is. Um, my acting coach and Annie's and Annie works with him and he helped coach him. So I love the fact that <laughs> the coach was getting some coaching and I, I appreciate how it was just fun and how hard he worked and seeing him in action. It was, um, it was great. It, it was a little intimidating. I wanted to keep up. I wanted, I wanted to please him too, but uh, it was the whole thing was really great. Always that we got to work with other people. And yeah. that was some of the most satisfying parts for me is the interplay of working with other actors and doing these scenes and the playfulness. Yeah, and I can tell you, Joseph was, I've never seen engineers jump across a soundboard as they did with him when he started. He just yeah. like blew those mics out of the water. It was amazing. Well, Nancy, we've got a question here for you. Uh, this is from Caitlin, who is watching via Crowdcast. And she says, not to be... ES10 on main, but who would win in a battle between Numi and Dr. Echo Bar? So we should preface that with for those who don't know that Nancy also plays Dr. Echo Bar in ES10, who was turned out to be quite villainous. Yeah. 
Um, well, I think Mumi would just because of the superpowers and her staying power, but Dr. Echobar will always come back. So there, it's it's not a fight that is ever going to be resolved. Um, yeah, Dr. Echobar was, I love the, um, the villainy of her and the shadiness. And of course, she never thinks of it that way, but uh, Numi would hands down because she could shape shift and, um, but Echobar is not going anywhere either. She always comes back. She always does. Except she back. didn't. I think she's done. You, we don't know. You don't yeah. know yet. Um, Doug, I don't know. I just to make sure if you were here when I said this earlier, but I had asked everyone to think about their favorite sort of yeah. moment. You were there for that. Okay. You guys yeah. are all thinking. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming to that soon. Keep thinking. <laughs> Rattling around. Um, online, we're seeing Scott's asking people who who their favorite characters are. Persephone, Mia says Persephone is definitely her favorite mm -hmm. character, though Gwen is a close second. Um, Tamar, I, I hope I'm saying that right, just loves Nolan. We're going to get to Nolan in a second. Parker. Obviously. Is, Come on. Of course. <laughs> Parker's faves are Nolan and Gwen. All right. So, Jake, I have a clip that I would like to play, and then we're going to talk about it. It's about 30 seconds long. I did it. What? I did it. I killed him. I did. I killed him dead. Who? Dr. Maniacal. I swear it was an accident. I didn't mean to do it. I mean, I was trying to, you know, but I didn't really want it to happen. I wanted to be more of an anti-hero. Those don't exist. Oh, shut up, because I thought if I lived it like Josh told me to, you'd all respect me and I would make a plan to save the shop like I save everyone else. And then we'd all follow the plan like it were a strategy or, or a stratagem. But then his neck snapped like a piece of plastic silverware because he was a tiny little man and I am very, very strong. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot to unpack in that speech. Um, oh, I yeah. Think, I think it sort of sums Nolan up really well like every piece of nolan is kind of in there somewhere right he's kind of bouncing around between his extremes i i think that that's a moment where where nolan is fragmenting into all of the different pieces of his like ego and uh fears and like just everything about him that he doesn't like to share with people is coming to the surface in that moment of terror uh so it's very telling to me that you say that's nolan uh in like in one clip because that's like that is the last thing that no one would want anyone to see you know <laughs> like no 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 that's 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 not how he normally is he um he went on a really sort of interesting journey right and i think he says it a lot he really wants respect and love in admiration and he just he he makes some bad choices about how to go and get those um so he goes first he decides he's going to be an anti-hero and that sure. went horribly well or horribly wrong <laughs> um and then depending what, on your point of view sure <laughs> right um and then he goes he goes to get a tragic backstory correct yeah and then where do you think it was where it seems like he kind of settles into maybe I'm okay how I am? Or do you think he's still kind of out there oh, searching? Man. I, I think Nolan is so far from okay. <laughs> I think I think that there's just like a, a, a limitless chasm in between him and okay. Uh, I think that uh, that he feels like he's almost there. You know, he just needs that one more piece. 
there's just there's one thing that's keeping him from being perfect and either it's being oh he's supposed to be an anti-hero or he's supposed to be um he's supposed to have a tragic backstory and that's going to make him relatable to the people because he's too handsome as it is and so <laughs> no one can relate to him you know like there's always just one thing that's missing but in reality what's really missing from him is any sense of therapy uh, you know, well yeah therapy uh, what's really missing from him is any sense of self-awareness of, of like, okay, well, I can't, I can't badger people into like, I can't trick people into liking me. And the reason that it matters so much to me, whether other people like me is because I don't like myself very much. And, you know, all of these different things where he has expectations for how people should be seeing him, um, and always falls short. I mean, if, if you think that you're, you know, Superman, if you think you're, you're God's gift to humanity, and everyone sort of treats you like an idiot. That's tough, man. <laughs> I imagine I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know, mm -hmm. of course not. Uh, Doug, I want to. I have a, a real quick clip here, actually, of Josh. That's gonna. Um, I think will help me make a point that I want to make. But I'll play this one real quick. Hello, Ms. Numi. You're looking fat. The wrong one. Actually, I don't have it here, but uh, the clip was basically in it's in episode 107 love interest where he says is uh, I'm probably paraphrasing. Um, is this the appropriate time to talk about our feelings on heteronormativity and monogamy or does all that come later? And I think the reason I wanted to bring that up, because I think it makes a point about Josh that I think we yeah. were trying to make through the whole season is basically how everyone relates to him as, Hey, I can use this guy. He's kind of simple minded and awkward and socially awkward, but I think he's, he's quietly playing by his own set of rules and sort of that this flashes of awareness of everything that's going on around him sort of come out at times. And I think um, we kind of leave Josh in that place at the end without, I, I'm assuming everyone who's watching, um, has listened to the whole series. So if you haven't, we're going to talk about some spoilers right now, but Josh, we kind of leave Josh in a place where we don't really know what his motivations are. Totally. Um, totally. Yeah. How, how did, did, did that figure into any way how you played him from the beginning, knowing where he was going? Because you knew at the time, right. What was happening. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think one of the things that fascinated me about him is, is, is the duplicity of his character, right? I mean, I think that he, he does come off as sort of simple-minded, oddly, like he's sort of obsessive, but then there's like kind of a, a blissful sense of, of, of simplicity there too, right? And I think there were times where I had to use that to sort of play, play that to my advantage against some of, you know, to play these characters against each other a little bit. Um, and so it was fun kind of orchestrating. At the end, he ends up sort of being a puppet master a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, it, it certainly played into like, oh, I'm just innocent. I'm just this innocent guy. It's fine. No problem. But um, in fact, I'm, I have I have some more tricks up my sleeve than, than meets the eye. So that was he, pretty exciting. He kind of played to everyone's underestimation of him and used it to his advantage, I guess. Um, let's see. I do have, we're going to talk about this one, Nancy. I already started to play it. Hello, Ms. Numi. You're looking fabulous this evening. Well, thank you, Diego. Now, don't make me tell the driver to run you both down. I would absolutely hate to do it, but I'm willing. I can make the hard choices. Um, that was Alex Ashinger playing, um, I can never remember which one he Diego. is, Diego and Luther. And <laughs> interesting, uh, 
Annie knows about this one as well. Uh, we were talking about these two supporting characters, uh, Diego and Luther, who become sort of another nemesis for Numi. But Annie was like, what do you want? And I mentioned two actors that we know. I kind of want to, I said, I kind of want to cross between these two guys, Steve and Alex. And then Annie said... So why not just Steve and Alex? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's how they became who they were. Um, and, you know, they're wonderful, two wonderful guys, first of all, but also two wonderful performers. But um, can you, Nancy, tell us a little bit about, because I think this says a lot about how Numi deals with the challenges in her life. Um, because her first instinct in that episode, uh, when we first meet them, which is um, 102, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yes, 102. Um, she goes through her routine of shape-shifting and feeding them their fears. And then the next thing we know, she's feeding them grilled, grilled cheese. cheese. sandwiches, yeah. 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 It's like the iron fist in the velvet glove. I mean, you can, it's um, manners and decorum and a certain way of doing things uh, is still very important. I mean, we would not, civility is still extremely important. So even though you're hitting somebody with a bazooka or about to run them over, you know, you can do it in a civil way. So <laughs> I, I feel like Numi is always about the civility. And I always imagine her as being, you know, wearing gloves and, you know, really very well groomed and, you know, with a gin and tonic. You know, there's no, there's no reason to, to be messy about these things. <laughs> And I think she makes the perfect Coco van. And I don't know. I just, she's from an, I, to me, when I was thinking about her, she's from an era that is past and um, we can still be civil as we crush people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have you guys, have you guys picked your favorite moments yet? I know. All right. I was going to ask for volunteers. So Christina, <laughs> it's all you. Um, I have two. Okay. My first favorite moment or something that I just love. I really like the strong female lead episode as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I just love that Gwendolyn goes through the whole weird process of getting a new name, <laughs> strange birthing <laughs> ritual. <laughs> but then she says, you know what? I'm going to keep my name. I just, I, I, my, my glitter name because, and I, I just love that. I think that is so feminist to me but you know that it's it's like in the beginning of the episode it seems like there's a right way and a wrong way to do it but then i feel like at the end of the episode she learns that actually there's only however you do it is the right way to do it you know yeah. um and i love that and um i also my, my favorite part of for Persephone is when she realizes that she really likes um, Josh and that he's her friend or that mm -hmm. she wants him to be her friend. <laughs> I like that little moment. I like that too. my friend, what happened to me? And yeah, and I, I thank you for reminding me. I wanted to mention um, that episode is actually written by Kyle Encinas and Carla Delaney. Carla also mm -hmm. voiced Karma in the, the, the woman with Gwen in the, the naming ritual. Um, Kyle's written for EOS 10 before, so I think, and I think he was actually the one, Nancy, who came up with the opening scene. Oh. Um, and I, I thought of it because only Kyle, I think, would bring up, would bring the Atlantic mm. into an episode, and yeah. Um, all right. Wait, also, who, Justin, where is your shirt from? 
I'm jealous. I know they're, I want one. They're in our store. Oh. Yeah. Half tone comics. Oh, we all need one. Cool. We we'll get an employee discount. But it's fine. Um and Scott, if you Scott's in the room with me, if you can let me know if you see any questions that I missed as that come through. Um, next volunteer, favorite favorite moment. Yes, um, I love. I also love uh, when when we become friends finally at the very end in episode one hundred eight. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say being a uh, being doing a nerdy Tim Curry impression uh, for that last episode was very very exciting for me. Um, in part because, yeah, like we talked about before, Josh suddenly becomes this mastermind and this puppeteer. Um, and it's fun to kind of turn everybody on their head at the end. And I, I yeah, I love too that he, he finds the good in everybody, even though everyone was trying to be evil. Um, he was able, he's able to kind of turn it around and say, no, here's why actually you're all good people and how we can use our powers for good. Um, you know, everyone wants this recognition and wants to feel like um, they're, they're these, this new kind of superhero and evolving. But um, in the end, Josh kind of has, has deep insights into their personalities, which I think is, is really exciting. It's, it, he's been watching them. He kind of knows how to, how to work them and how to be their friend at the same time. So it's, it, that was an exciting moment for me, just as a performer, to be able to, to relate to all the other um, characters in that way. Yeah, and I, it's you. You brought up um, one of seven epic battle. That's where a lot of that came out of. Um, I was curious, worried that that no one would really know where the ideas in that episode came from. But people did seem to get it. People, mm. people said, "I loved the clue episode at the end." So, you guys did good. Everyone noticed. <laughs> Figured it out. I was happy. Uh, let's see, three of you left, who's the next I, one? I will, I will go next because my okay. favorite moment is actually in that episode as well. Um, and it's, it's when we, uh, it's in that moment in the, in the Clue episode when we're talking about, um, uh, like, who, who is invited whom and who is there for what and, it, it, like, that, that it has to be a party. Yeah. <laughs> that it's like it's an ambush it's a party but it's a it's a party with like, worst divorce yeah like it just for me that that whole setup uh really that whole episode actually and and people being like but wait you know and, and racing <laughs> off to the next room and and the hard cuts between and i just i love that whole moment and the, uh, <gasps> and the what the groans. Oh, the groans. Yeah, the groans. Uh, and actually recording those, I remember when we were recording those, we were like, okay, so Justin, are they groans? Like, are they like, are like groans, like, you know, groans? Or are they like, are they like us? Or are they like us? Or are they like, uh? and like, we just back and forth, back and forth, giving you different reads of that. Um, yeah. But that was a ton was a of fun. Of <laughs> that was a ton of fun. And then just in terms of a performer, anything, anything where Nolan gets to, uh, gets to be the guy that he wants to be with, you know, like hands on his hips. And uh, when I can, anytime I can do that, that like Nolan voice, that's for me, that was the most fun. That was, it's, I think that's one of my favorite episodes too. I really like strong female character, but yeah, I I can't remember. I did write, I wrote that one. Yeah. I remember um, at one point I was just like, 
maybe Clue was on. I don't know. And I was just kind of like, this is going to be a Clue-esque episode. I'm going to parody Clue, and that's what sure. we're going to do. Um, uh, we have another question from Mia. I'm sorry, did you say that, Scott? I said, I'm sure it was my influence. It was probably Scott's influence. Scott's a big yeah. Clue fan. Mm. Clue fan. Uh, Mia has a question. It says, how do you think... I'll get back to your other, the two of you that I didn't get to yet, so don't worry. How do you all think that your characters' powers either complement or clash with their personalities? Mm -hmm. I think we don't really know what Doug's power, Josh's powers are. Not yet. Yeah, we, we've sort of hinted around at it. Um, Nancy changes into scary thing. I think yours is probably one of the ones where that's most evident. Um, because I think even Doug and Luther say like, wow, she was really nice, but a really scary snake at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I was going to say it was, it was most spot on because I think of Numi as just being terrifying. Like I'm scared of Numi just as a person. Right. She's really scary to me. <laughs> like if she changed into what I was most afraid of, it would just be Numi looking disapprovingly at me, you know? <laughs> and Gwen, I, I think Gwen's powers are still kind of developing. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, and I interrupted somebody who was about to say something. Was that you, Christina? Oh, okay. Um, well, for Josh, I mean, like the encyclopedia of having, like, having all of that knowledge and just sort of having the encyclopedia in his brain versus being completely scared to have social interaction I think is one of the things that that clashes, right? When he's trying yeah. to go on the date, right? He has he has so many things he wants to say and so many feelings, but it's it's where the the mind and the and the heart keep clashing with him. And that's I, my favorite. Oh wait, part. no, that's my favorite moment. I love that. I mean, no, that's that mine. Part. I claim it. I, <laughs> All I right, have, Annie. I have two. Which is what which is what uh, Doug said. I think especially in that scene, but all the times that that Josh is like in love. And so sweetly, just like doesn't know what to do or what to say. I, I I'm such a sucker for like the moments. I think there's so much comedy in this show, but I'm such a sucker for the moments that have a lot of heart. Like when Penelope and Josh are like, "Are we friends?" You know. Um, I think that stuff like like hits in a really nice way because you don't see it coming you don't see it coming it's like joke 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 and then suddenly there's like a beautiful like moment you know mm -hmm. i think that's why like for my character my favorite moment for gwen is with her mom because it's just mm -hmm. like we're going we're going and then it's like this nice little slow pocket and then we're going and we're back right i also yeah. want to give a shout out to like all the smaller characters like oh, i know yeah. that's not a favorite moment but like yeah like Tessa was amazing and alex and um and Steve, like, were, were fantastic. Hugh and Renee and Eugene. I mean, like, you know, it's amazing how much life they brought when they didn't get as much airtime. But immediately from the moment they start talking, I was like, oh, I see this person. I see yeah. what they look like, you know? Um, so I know that's, like, not one moment. But I'm, like, I, as I listened to the final products, I was just, like, amazed at how alive they were from the instant yeah. they started talking. I agree. Totally, yeah. Like Hugh played Dr. Maniacal. Renee mm -hmm. was uh, Marie, which Marie. was Nancy's friend. Uh, we already talked about Alex and Steve were Diego and Luther. Eugene played Nefarious. Yeah, we kind of, we looked for these villains and we kind of brought in these people who we knew would just have like a, 
a point of view on them right away and they just knocked it out of the park. I want to jump, Doug, there's a question here for you from Caitlin. Says, yeah. How difficult was it to get through the really fast and long lines for Josh? Um, I, I love that question because like, I, I think his, just, just like getting in his body, like I've, I've noticed that my mouth just wants to talk faster. So when I was sort of reading the lines and going over them in my brain, I was like, eventually he, you find a rhythm with him. He's so well written that you can kind of just like, it's almost like muscle memory starts to take over. You're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm talking about schematics right now. So the schematic, schematics go into this aspect of my brain, which makes my mouth work this way. It's such a strange thing with him because he's he's so firing on all cylinders. And I think once you get into a rhythm with him, um, it's hard to stop. Like, I think it would be weird. It was actually weirder now that I think about it, um, taping some of the, some of the like quick lines. Of like, oh, really? You think that? Like, thanks. Yeah. Like, I remember thinking like, oh, where, what, where is Josh's brain for these shorter moments? Because uh, when he goes off, like, you get in such a rhythm with him. So um, yeah, it was, it was really fun. And I think a lot of my, my, most of my notes to you took the form of bigger, faster, louder. I mean, that yeah. was basically my directing through the whole thing. Just <laughs> bigger, faster, louder. And you guys did great. Uh, Dave has a question. Um, is Stan Lee the Stan Lee of the Heroics universe or is there another fictional Stan Lee equivalent? <laughs> I guess that's a question for me. I don't know. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to see, Dave, how that one goes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but that's, I mean, the, to to take that kind of point is I think we did we did a pretty good job this season of cramming as much different superhero stuff mm -hmm. as we possibly could into one, you know, into seven 20, 30-minute episodes. Um, and I, that's what I want to, uh, I want to play for you guys real quick. And I think, Nancy, I have to ask you about your favorite episode yet, correct? Uh, no, I think... Uh, I think I answered with strong female character. You, you kind of did. We, we got my you. other favorite was Persephone and Nolan when they go for the backstory. The mm. tragic. Oh, I like that yeah. part too. Yeah, I, I thought that was so clever, and Shauna Weinstein did a great job as the sort of Aunt June uh, or whatever her name was. But there was just I listened to it several times because the it there was no there was no punching the jokes. They just they went over in his story and. It was so clever. I, I, you guys did a great job. That was one of my favorites. And I want to, that was one of my favorites too. And that was one of my favorites writing. Actually, my brother was a producer and writer on this show as well. And he was over here with me and we, we were just going back and forth with what, what horrible things could have happened to this guy. And we just kept adding, 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 like we cut a bunch of them out. I wanted to mention, because the other thing um, we were talking about performances as well, one of the things that I think really added something that we we don't do a, this way as much in EOS 10 was um, Eric Jurgensen's uh, score that he added. And I don't know that you guys even actually know this because this happened after you were out of the studio, but each character has a theme that kind of recurs. So I'm gonna I'm just going to play a couple of seconds of each one to let you know. So this one is the, our basic comic shop theme. So that that's music that happens anytime we're in the comic shop. Here's our evil does theme. Does that shirt that you're wearing play that theme? It does, if you hit it really hard. This is when bad things are happening. 
Um, this is one I asked. I sent Eric a clip from the old '60s Batman show when they're in their fight scenes, and I was like, "Can you can you make us a fight song?" So we got this. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. This is yeah. this is a Josh theme that I think turned into more of a Josh and James theme. Oh. Here is our Nolan theme. And these are earlier versions. They're not identical to what appeared in the show. Yeah. This one I love. This one I love. This is our new me theme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was definitely, one of my definitely not high heel pumps. Yeah, right. It's that kind of. It kind of reminds me of her, her heyday, like her 60s, 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Like a spy novel thing in her yeah. prime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Diana Rigg. Yeah, yeah. Well, that made me think of the Jetsons. Is that weird? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is our per Persephone theme. And for some reason, I did not load up the Gwen theme. I have it. I, I don't have it on here. Sorry, Gwen. <laughs> Gwen's telling everyone to shut up all the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, to kind of transition to just to talk a little bit more about what it was like to record and perform. Um, I'm gonna play this one clip just because I know it's a it's a pretty it was a big chunk of dialogue. It's a Persephone clip, and it was so well done. But it's also it's just it, I think it kind of emphasizes the physicality that was required in this. Mm -hmm. um, before I get to that, we have a question. Another question from Mia. It says, "Will the rope store come back and play a role in the future?" I don't know, Gwen. <laughs> would you like to see the rope store <laughs> return? You spent a lot of time there. Yes. So many different types of rope. I have a new rope store. That, I, I feel like that could go in so many different directions. <laughs> um, but to keep this PG, yes. Rope store. Well, I think the rope store is a fixture, but here is the Persephone clip I was talking about. So one of these buttons locks down, not the bad cave, but which is it? Ah, whose job was it to label all these buttons? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can feel the energy under that, but I feel like that energy was there through the whole thing. So I, I can, any one of you that wants to answer this, what was it like in terms of the process? Because I think I, I had mentioned my, my cues were often like bigger, louder, faster, those kinds of things. And I think, I think people are often surprised when they haven't done this before to how much you have to put into it because you only have your voice to communicate. And as an actor, you lose all of this, mm -hmm. which is so much expression that you don't have access to. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you love I about think it? It's so, I think it's so fun because you, you know, for on-camera stuff, which I also love, but there's like, there's just a lot of, um, I don't know, expectations or what's the word I'm looking for? Like things you have to be aware of. You have, I mean, you have to be so aware of how you look and a lot of times you, they, they want someone to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And with voiceover, it's just, 
you don't have to look a certain way. So not only can you play like that you're in a situation that you're not in. So, you know, I'm in front of a huge panel of buttons and I don't know which is the right button and I have to kind of create all that. But also, I mean, kind of, this is a little outside of, of this specific podcast, but like you can be a chair or you can be a pig, you know, like it doesn't matter. It's just like you get to create that, that character and that personality and that, that situation. I think that's so fun. You just, it's like Josh is, is firing on cylinders. Like voiceover is like your imagination is firing on all mm-hmm. cylinders. So it's so much fun. I think we all took our shoes off. Yes. Yeah. That was the moment. <laughs> that was the moment. <laughs> that was the moment when when I was when I realized. So on the first day, I I showed up and I was you know like you you want to wear nice things and not like a suit and tie or anything, but presentable and you're at work. Uh, yeah. Nice. Sh- yeah, you're going to work. And then um, by the end of the first day, everyone had taken off their shoes and like just because you had to get so physical, you had to get so down like. Like I found myself crouching a lot when I was, and when I was doing the Nolan voice would often like put my, you know, my hands on my hips or whatever. And there's just like, you can't not, or at least I couldn't not be so physical when, when reading those lines, when speaking those words, because it, it just like it, you need the whole energy of your body to, to get the, the words out there like that. How'd the room smell? Delightful. It actually wasn't, <laughs> wasn't I was, I was surprised it wasn't an issue. We opened that door every once in a while. Yeah. It was a pretty roomy, roomy room. Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. It was a really nice yeah. space for you guys. And I, 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 a couple of times I just remember walking in during warm ups and I'm like, all right, I'm just walking out. I don't know what's happening, but it was good. You guys, you guys did a great job with it. Um, we're closing in on an hour here, so I want to wrap up. If there are any other questions from the audience, I know you guys are a little bit delayed behind us where we are in our live broadcast. I'll, I'll wait a bit. Throw them out there if you've got them. If not, um, Justin, thank you for for creating this and giving yeah. all of us this opportunity to be a part of this and also to like share it with the world. Um, this wouldn't happen, obviously would not have happened without you. So thank you. Well, yeah. thank you. And this is, yeah. I, I and so We got happy. you a bouquet of flowers to say thank you, but we can't give it to you, so. It's gonna pass it from, from frame to frame here. <laughs> oh, we should have done that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you, you guys. Um, you were amazing and it was a pleasure to work with you. And I think where I kind of want to wrap up is, where where you kind of envision your characters going from here and to let me just preface this is your thoughts and opinions because you know nothing basically right i've not told you anything at all so you don't know but i i would like to hear maybe share with the uh with the uh audience where you think they might where we might find them or where they might end up in season two I have a thought. Oh, okay. Go for it. <laughs> I think, you know, I think after that sweet moment with Gwendolyn and her mom, I think maybe there's an opportunity for her to really rise up and like fix some problems here, you know, like really actually then become the person that she was like meant to be the daughter that Numi wanted, like a real rise into like 
power and herself, which kind of connects with what Christina was saying about how she's like, you know, I'm just gonna choose the name that I already chose, you know? Um, uh, it's 180, it's either that, or she's just like, nah, I'm gonna go be evil. <laughs> there's no middle ground. That's what I think. I think Half Tone Comics is actually gonna make some money uh, in the next <laughs> because I'll be running a tight ship. Um, and uh, you guys are going to be working for me, so um, don't be late. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually that's the the perfect thing because uh, I think for for Nolan, uh, the only place for him to go to to actually uh, to grow that I can think of uh, is that he's got to be taken down like all the notches, not just one notch, like all of them. Like he's got a Josh makes him the intern. You know, <laughs> and so he has to like he has to be the one, uh, you know, cataloging and labeling buttons and, you know, all of that stuff and and learns a little humility that way because he absolutely will not learn humility. <laughs> He's unchanging. He's going to stay exactly how he is. He'll try to he will <laughs> fight. He will fight against progress tooth and nail. He will try for all of the wrong reasons, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, are, what about you? I can be so humble, you know? <laughs> what about you, Nancy? Any thoughts? I, I love um, the, this rapprochement and this new relationship with Gwendolyn. I feel like Numi has been resting on her laurels, living in the past, and this is this is a start of a third act for her. And I feel like there's she's re-energized and going to team up with Gwen and... I don't. I don't know. Rig an election. I don't know. We will. Um, I think. She, I think there's a very strong third act, and there's a. I feel like a regeneration and a rejuvenation of instead of living in the past and the glory days when I would zip around with Superman and land on the Empire State Building. There's a new. Um, yeah. There's. There's. She's gonna bust out. Something. I don't know what. It's gonna be big. It's gonna be big. <laughs> and access, well accessorized. <laughs> Of course, with a with a drink in hand. Yeah, Christina, what do you think about Persephone? Well, I was thinking that um, you know he really lit up teaching those um, pops, mm -hmm. and she's like really into it. I mean, I know that she's like wants to go, she wants to do the adventure, but there was something about that where I was like, oh, maybe she can. It'll it'll happen that she gets to teach you know, actual superheroes. Because I did think that I that whole thing about her being like, well, you know, you need X-ray vision, or I, I forget what it was, but she was like, you can just use your X-ray vision. Everybody's like, we don't have it. It was T-ray um, vision, yeah. Uh, Nolan becomes her sidekick. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then I want there to be something about her fashion. I'm, try I'm thinking of like, you know, maybe she, she becomes like the head, the headmistress of like this superhero school, but she's kind of like the devil wears Prada like <laughs> vibe. You know what I mean? Um, um, yeah, she's very fashionable, so it would definitely fit. Yeah, for but, sure. Like, also, we have that that cameo from Meryl is coming up, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just waiting to hear back from her people about the any 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 hook that up. She does the casting for this stuff. <laughs> oh, so. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us in the audience who is watching live and the audience who will listen 
Thank you. To the replay. We're going to post this to the podcast feed and then it'll be on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel as well. Thank you so much. And as soon as we have details about when we're allowed out of our houses and can maybe start thinking when it's safe uh, for us all to be together again um, about season two and taking the story and keeping it going. So, all right, guys, I'm going to let you go. Thank you again. Thank you, Annie, Jake, Doug, Nancy, and Christina. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys.